If you're anything like us, natural products with real ingredients are a priority in your life when it comes to beauty and wellness. <laughs> yep. During my first pregnancy, I started doing research into all the chemicals and ingredients in the daily products that I was consuming and putting in my skin, and I was just shook. <laughs> yes. I mean, honestly, no one freaking tells you that one of the biggest products you use daily that is so often full of harmful chemicals is your deodorant. And one of our favorite deodorants that we've tried is Nude because it's fully made with natural ingredients. Nude is 100% vegan, cruelty-free, and it doesn't contain aluminum, which is that nasty metal so often found in traditional deodorants that just leads to some really horrific health issues. Yes. Something else we love about Nude is that it is actually an anti-odorant, which is technically a little bit different than deodorant. It is much more effective at preventing odor than traditional deodorant. And because of this, you typically only have to apply Nude every three to four days on average, which makes it last so much longer, saving you money, hassle, and embarrassment. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to stop your pits from smelling while feeling confident in a product that is safe and natural, Nude is your way to go. We have a 20% off discount code for you if you use code HEARTANDHUSTLE20, all caps, no spaces, using the link in our show notes. Yes, so that's all caps, no spaces, HEARTANDHUSTLE20 with an ampersand for 20% off your nude deodorant today. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Welcome back to the show to our regular listeners. And if you're new to the Heart family, you are welcomed at our party anytime. Our heart is to show up real, raw, and unfiltered twice a week, sharing business tips and live chats with some of our favorite people who we know will serve you well and touch your heart. And if you love this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because it helps us out so much, literally so much. So I have a question for you. Do you feel like you struggle with a million ideas at once? Do you feel like everything is a priority? All the ideas and passions you have must be done immediately. And you're just utterly lost on how to find balance in your life because of that? If so, this episode is about to rock your freaking world. Today's conversation is with the powerful Laura Casey. Laura is a mom to three, one through the gift of adoption, a wife and a believer in the impossible. As CEO of Cultivate What Matters, Laura is the creator of the best-selling power sheets, Intentional Goal Planner, the Write the Word Bible Journals, and she's authored two books, Make It Happen and Cultivate. Laura founded Southern Weddings Magazine a decade ago and loves getting her hands dirty in her garden with her kiddos in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Clearly from that little synopsis, you can tell Laura is a multi-passionate powerhouse of a woman. And today's conversation is all about prioritizing the things that matter most in your life in the midst of a world or honestly, even your own mind screaming that everything is top priority. This interview is a breath of fresh air as we cover things like how to make it all happen, avoiding hustle mentality while also avoiding doing nothing out of fear, and how goal setting can change your life when it comes to cultivating what matters. Laura walks through this episode handing out permission slip after permission slip of just truth, grace, and clarity, and you'll walk away feeling inspired and clear on how to take those next steps to keep your focus clear and truly prioritize what's going to matter to you in 60 years. All right, let's welcome Laura to the show. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up. 
because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Laura, freaking welcome to the show. I'm so excited for this. I am so thrilled. You all are so kind to have me. <laughs> we are pumped. This is going to be so fun. I feel like even just the like five minutes talking before we pressed record, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good one. And like we've talked about <laughs> nothing related to the topic. I just feel like our, our energies together are just going to be like vibing today. So. Yes, totally agreed. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, for any of our listeners who don't know you or aren't familiar with you or your work, do you want to just kind of like introduce yourself to our Heart and Hustle fam and share your story and kind of got like where you got to where you are today and all of that? Yeah, I'd be delighted to. Thank you so much. And again, thank you so much for inviting me. I love all that you are both doing and encouraging Aww, women to really you. live out what matters. And that is that is kind of the core of what I do is helping women to live out the things that truly last mm-hmm. and doing that through a process of understanding what actually matters to you in the big picture and then yeah. breaking that down into tiny little steps. But of course, my story does not start there <laughs> because <laughs> I think it starts in a place where I wasn't doing those things mm-hmm. and uh, many years of not doing those things. In fact, decades of not doing those things and feeling lost, feeling like I would come up to January 1st and feel like, all of the people feel, which is, oh boy, there's a lot of pressure here. And I have so much I want to change in my life. And I really just wasn't living the life that I felt like was right for me. <laughs> just mm-hmm. It wasn't, it was like a really bad fitting sweater. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, to to put it in a nutshell is I actually don't have a degree in business or anything related to what I do now. Uh, you'll see though that there is a connection. I have a degree in music and theater. And so I graduated from college, moved to New York City, fell out of love with the business of the business, as they say. I loved getting to know a character. I loved understanding how someone or a story could start in one place and then somehow transform into a different place. And, you know, we see that in so many genres. I mean, you guys know that with photography Mm -hmm. and really any creative discipline or art is really all about showing transformation. I just love that. I love that about theater. Yeah. And understanding someone. We both have theater like backgrounds. Yeah. Too. yeah. That's awesome. So you get it. You get it. Yeah. We get it. Um, yeah. So it, like understanding someone's motivation, what makes them tick. And as I'm saying this, you can probably understand how I ended up in goal setting eventually. It's just yeah. it's even weird for me to say it out loud. But after college, I graduated. Um, I pulled myself out of that career of theater and ended up becoming a personal trainer in Manhattan and did really well doing that because I loved, once again, getting to know someone, Mm -hmm. understanding their motivation, Mm -hmm. and then trying to help them go from one place to the other. But I mean, I'll tell you a really quick story. Um, There was one client I had, a gentleman that came to me in the gym and he came in and he said, all right, Laura, I want to lose 20 pounds because that's what I weighed in college. And you know, like that is the most defeating goal ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just based out of guilt and shame yeah. and there's no heart there. Yeah. Uh, so after getting to know him, after really discovering what what's going to matter to you when you're say 80 or 90 or 100 years old, his goal changed from I want to lose 20 pounds because that's what I weighed in college to... I want to live long enough to walk my daughter down the aisle. And wow. I want to live a happy and healthy life. I know, right? That just does something to you when you hear yeah. that. Yeah. And I think that moment for me, as well as many other moments with other clients, uh, just solidified something in me that there's something to this, that when you really get to the heart of it, 
that's when real change happens. Yeah. Because you don't have to be perfect to live it out. So uh, fast forward, <laughs> this is, I'm giving you like the nutshell version. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sure y'all are going to have questions, people listening. Yeah. Um, but fast forward, I, as a personal trainer, I also had an interest in event planning. Wow. And my mom was a French chef growing up and just entertained a lot when I was growing up. And I know these themes, these things seem disconnected, but mm-hmm. at the heart of event planning is once again, understanding someone's story. Yeah. Yeah. And just like theater, using lighting, sound, music, and in this case, a menu to bring someone's story to life. And in many ways, like theater, to tell that story to an audience and transform them from one place to another, hopefully through a meaningful love story that's played out. And so all these things, I didn't see it at the time. I was like, well, I kind of like a lot of things. I'm I'm Mm multi-passionate about a lot of things and they all seem disconnected, but oh, well, I'm just going to go for it. (laughs) And I think later in my life, of course, I've realized how deeply connected those things are. Um, Mm. I think we can all feel very like scattered. We call ourselves scattered or all over the place. Yeah. When in reality, it's all pieces of a bigger picture Mm -hmm. that are pointing to a whole. Mm -hmm. Um, So through event planning, I started to do weddings and I fell in love with the world of weddings. And um, again, long story short, but I started a (laughs) wedding magazine um, in my apartment at the time. Uh, It was just a project that I wanted to do to keep my mind off of um, my then husband, uh, well, he's still my husband, but <laughs> I had a new husband. Uh, keep my mind off of my husband being deployed. He was deployed wow. to Iraq at the time. And wow. I just needed something to keep my mind off of that. So I mocked up a little wedding magazine cover on my little tiny computer at the time. And um, it snowballed uh, wow. this idea of um, something new, something different in the South that was really focusing on the couple's story. I know it sounds so like, of course, everybody does that nowadays, but back in that day, there were only like three to four actual wedding publications that were all put out by corporate America. Mm -hmm. And they were lovely publications, but they weren't really focusing on story, on the culture of a place, on family history. And that's what we were focused on. Wow. So um, here I was, personal trainering. <laughs> I just made that up. Uh, personal trainering and uh, had an event planning company and started a wedding magazine. I eventually phased out the wedding planning and phased out the personal training and went full force with what became Southern Weddings Magazine. And um, I'd say probably four or five years into that, into that growing just faster than I ever could have imagined. It's still crazy to look back on it. Mm -hmm. Um, People started to ask me for business advice, which is hilarious when I think back on it. Because again, I had no experience, like no formal training, all like learning from others, learning on the job, reading as much as I could. You know, there weren't business blogs back then or mm-hmm. conferences that you could go to. It was, you'd go to the library or, yeah. you know, and a lot, a lot of people weren't writing books about stuff like this either. So I, um, in that time, I started to blog about how I thought about business and also about my faith. And that was a very vulnerable experience. (laughs) Um, But from that, uh, people wanted to hear more. And so we started the Making Things Happen conference, which is, I think we've passed 11 years now. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. And you know, I say all these things. And again, I'm, I'm purposely 
bringing back the point that this is a long story short because yeah. I think it's easy to look at people's paths and yeah. think it happened overnight and yeah. it did not in my case. I'm mm-hmm. 17 years almost into business now and I think that a lot of people, um, you can accomplish a whole lot in a long period of time. Yeah. Um, if you just stick with it, <laughs> you know, yeah. if you just stick with it, a lot can happen. Yeah. Um, but it takes time. So here we are now, and um, I am the CEO of Cultivate What Matters, which uh, is our company really houses all that I've grown and learned how to do. We retired Southern Weddings Magazine about three years ago to focus on women, not just in a marrying stage, but in all stages of life Yeah, um, to help them do what I ended up learning how to do, which was mm. to uncover what matters and to do something about it in the small things and the big things. Um, and, you know, now I have three kiddos and 15 mm-hmm. years into marriage now and um, I'm still on the path of learning and growing yeah. and trying to do the things that God has called me to do. But I am super grateful for this path that was not a straight line, but a big zigzag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I think it's it's so relatable to and just just honest and refreshing, you know, to hear from someone who has, you know, gone through so many different stages and different pieces of this big puzzle. And for you to kind of like go in and show the cracks of the puzzle almost that like this piece fit here, but I didn't see the full picture. Like you, when you pull back, you see this big, beautiful full picture and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, Laura, you're Mm -hmm. just, you're incredible. And you're like, okay, it took time and there are lots of cracks in there and little like, you know, joints and disconnect and little pieces that had to fit in that you don't see. And, you know, it, it takes time and it's always a learning process and a growing experience, especially, you know, when you're, you're handling multiple things at once, family and Mm -hmm. business or, you know, whatever. I don't think anyone in my opinion who says, oh, I've made it is just either deceived themselves or just deceiving you. One of the, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. There is no made it. It, Yeah. If you really are on the path to something that adds up to a legacy and something that that really matters to the unique path that you've mm-hmm. been given, then yeah. there there's no made it per yeah. se. There's just you reach these points where you look back and you say, okay, I think that was a good seed I just planted or yeah, not, sure. you know, or I need to take a new direction here and season by season, choice by yeah. choice, little by little, hopefully those things add up to, like you said, a a picture that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and I love that you gave our listeners kind of permission to understand that it takes time. Because like you said, like looking at somebody that has so many accolades or even so many just things that you've done, especially being a multi-passionate woman, it can be easy for somebody who is just beginning business to be like, what? how do I even, that, that's like 5 million mm-hmm. things that she's done already. And mm-hmm. it's like, you forget that like 17 years in the making of all of those things is very right. different than like a week of like yes. somebody starting or something. And it's, yeah. we look, especially with online culture, we look at everybody that, that is succeeding at all these things mm-hmm. and, and looking like they're flawless online and all these things that it's just like, we forget that we're on different chapters and different yeah. pages of even yeah. different, different books. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I think many times when I have been caught in that trap of feeling like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I literally said that three weeks ago about something. I was like, I have no clue what I'm doing here. I'm just yeah. like, come to this whole new level of something. And I was like, I, somebody walk me through this. Um, yeah. 
but I think when you come to those moments, you you grow, you learn, and <laughs> and you you really start to see too um, a new path forward. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. to me, it's in humility that all good things happen. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm grateful that you're re- reiterating that point too about it. Really does take time. Yeah, um, for sure. People don't like to hear that, but no. I think what <laughs> I often think of is. Um, do when I get caught in those moments is do I really want that? Like, do I really want the fast forward button here? Because what would that mean for my life? Right. Yeah. You know, what I see learning. her success or mm. or this person who has better business acumen than I do in a certain arena. I I think like, am I really ready for that? No, yeah. no, I'm not. That would cause like strain on my family, or it would cause me to have to do more. So mm-hmm. just a good gut check. Oh, do you really so want that? Oh, <laughs> and everything so that goes good. with it. So good. Okay. Well, something that I got from your story, just hearing you is you even said you're very multi-passionate. You've done so Mm -hmm. many things that almost seemingly don't go together, but almost kind of seemingly do at the same time. But I know a lot of our listener and a lot of our audience are also multi-passionate entrepreneurs or mamas that that are just multi-passionate by nature. And I think this question is is probably the answer is probably for the person listening that is multi-passionate, but you talk a lot about cultivating what matters. Like that's the core foundation of your company and what you do. So how does a woman who is pulled in so many different directions and priorities and like things that she wants to do in life or a man, it doesn't have to be just a woman. How did, how does he or she make that all happen? Like what would be your advice to that? Yeah, you don't. And I, I'm sure like you expected that answer, but you don't. Um, th- there are seasons for everything. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Like I had this idea to write a children's book through four years ago now. And I was like, man, I have this story idea. It's good. And I've got like a literary agent who's helping me with this and we're good to go. And, and really my life season at the time was battling against that. I was like, hi, I keep wanting to do this, but I have no time to do it right now. Or at least... I don't have time to do it well. And I think in that and in a million experiences, even things that have nothing to do with work, um, I've learned that that maybe it's not right for right now. Like maybe it's right, but it, yeah. it's just something you need to do in a different season. Um, yeah. And I think there's such a letting go and a surrender that has to happen mm-hmm. all of our lives in that way. If uh-huh. we really are going to, and to kind of unpack that phrase, cultivate what matters, you know, the word cultivate means to dig up the soil and prepare it for new growth. Mm -hmm. And you can't grow a million plants in a little four by four garden box. You can only grow, you can choose maybe, let's say five different things of a medium size. But then the next season, you could try something new. And then the season after that, you can try something different. Yeah. Um, so it's like I'm, I'm here to give you all the advice nobody wants to hear, which <laughs> yeah. is just true. Is you We're have here to for it. spread it out. You have to make some hard decisions. You have to say no to things, and yeah. you have to disappoint people. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's like you think from the outside that quote unquote successful people, they're always pleasing people. And I'd say the people that are doing that are burning themselves out. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, but for me, man, it's hard. It's hard to disappoint people. It's hard to say no, even to, and especially to good things. Um, mm-hmm. And also I don't do any of this alone. I have a wonderful friend who helps with our childcare while I'm working. I, I homeschool our kids a couple days a week. I have help with that too. I have an amazing team of 13 women who just like knock my socks off every day with what they do. So, um, and I realize those things may sound like big, like, oh, how how do I get a team and how do I do that? 
just take it one step at a time if that's the right yeah. step for you. But yeah, the short answer is I don't do it all. And I have to be mm-hmm. really vigilant about uh, each season evaluating what I can do and what I can't do. Yeah. I would love if you want to like kind of expand on what you touched on a little bit in there where you were saying, you know, you have to almost like surrender all of these ideas and these thoughts and these, these fascinating, you know, dreams that you have that might be good things or the right thing, but it's not the right time. Like for the listener who's listening to this right now, and I feel like I am probably that listener too. Um, like listening to this and I'm, we're we're just thinking, okay, well, but I have like 15 ideas and they're all so good. And like patience, like I, I have to figure out what, <laughs> yes. what, and what time, like, what would you say to that person who's kind of sitting there and is like, okay, I need, I need to surrender this. I need to, you know, figure out what the Lord has for me in this season mm-hmm. and slow down, like through your process, I guess, of kind of prioritizing and cultivating what matters in that season. Do you have any like thoughts for how to figure out what is actually important and like finding your own limits or anything kind of like tangible to add into that? Yeah, that's such a great question. Uh, You know, I think we all have these experiences within our lives where we are kind of smacked in the face with what matters. Yeah. And you know, that's kind of a buzz phrase, what matters, but I think we all have a sense of what that is. It's all individual. It's not a copy paste for each person. Um, but we all have these experiences in life, whether it is, uh, a really difficult experience. Like I have a friend who's going through chemo right now. And every time I think about this person, it just makes me realize like, oh my gosh, all these other little things I'm worrying about today do not matter. But here's the two things that do matter right now. Um, or maybe it's a good experience where, you know, you get the job you always wanted and, uh, you're moving on to your next uh, destination in life and all the pieces start to fall into place. I think most of us would say it's more the former. We have more hard experiences that kind of jolt us into the reality of what matters. Yes. Um, but in in order to, you know, none of us want to go through hard things. So in order to pose a question that helps us to get at least that frame of mind, um, I'm, I'm going to give you that question now. And that's what what are you going to be so grateful you spent your time on when you're say 80 or Lord willing, 90 or a hundred years old? And then also on the opposite side of that, what are what would you be, you know, so glad you didn't spend your time on? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going to matter to you in the big picture and what won't? Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you really think about the, the fact that your time is a currency that you use to invest in the things that matter or don't. Yeah. And, you know, these little things we do today, they actually have a ripple effect on tomorrow and two, three decades from now. Oh, that's so good. I literally ask myself that question almost every day. Yeah. I call that the golden question. Yeah. What's going to matter when I'm 80 years old? Yeah. Even or boiling it down it to like the daily decisions, I think yeah. even yes. how that reflects, how your daily decisions reflect in the ultimate picture of what it looks like when you're yeah. 80. Yeah. yeah, and that you're right. That's exactly the point is if that matters to you when you're 80 or whatever the age is, yeah. uh, you know, I'm sure maybe you've got some friends who are 80 right now listening. So ladies, maybe when it's your 90, you're 100. <laughs> yeah. um, but when you know that, it just gives you a reality check for, wow, if that matters to me then, then what am I doing yeah. about it today? Yeah. Uh, what are the 50 things on my to-do list that oh man, I totally could cross that off or yeah. I'm going to let go of that or I am probably have this on my list because 
it sounds good and someone else is doing it maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that is the thing that helps me prioritize. Oh, I love that. That's so good. Oh, okay. I have, I have another question. And I feel like these are almost two negatives that you kind of have to balance between the spectrum. The one negative of like people that are hustling and working way too hard to be more and do more because they want to be successful because they have all these dreams and passions in them. But then on the other side, the negative of of not stepping into what God has called you to do because of the fear. And it's like you, those almost war out with each other, war mm-hmm. at war with each other of like, if I don't do something, I'm holding back because of fear. But if I do do something to the fullest, am I going to miss out? Am I going to miss out on yeah. like life and like yeah. the, the breathing room that, that of what matters of like family and, and peace and joy and all that. Like, could you speak to that tension of both of those sides kind of at yeah. war with each other? And, and I like love preaching this to myself too, because I think we all need these <laughs> reminders every day, but the Bible is really clear about hard work. It says Mm -hmm. to do it. (laughs) We're supposed to work hard for the things that matter in life. And it also is really clear about resting. And I Mm -hmm. think that we ignore those two basic things. Uh, We we think there's some other formula that we should be looking at. But I mean, the Bible shows us like God rested on the seventh day. So why shouldn't we need rest also? And that allows us in so many ways, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually to work hard the other Mm -hmm. seven days a week or whatever our path is. Um, So to me, that's just like baseline. If just start there, start there. Um, And I think that even for me, you know, I'm 41 years old now. I think it's just the last two years of my life. We've really gotten serious about taking a Sabbath every week. And when I say serious about it, um, what that means literally is just, we just don't go anywhere. We don't, we don't do any work on that day, no like emails or anything like that. And we try not to plan anything. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. We try to be lazy for a day and, you know, <laughs> enjoy each other. Yeah. Um, but I get that tension. I get that. And again, it's like the thing that nobody wants to hear. But um, I think a lot of what pushes us forward, it tends to be in our egos, And I know that is for me. Like, I think my biggest sin and my pitfall many times over my career has been pride. And I think we all struggle with that. We, there's nothing wrong with working hard for something. There's nothing wrong with success or money or any of those things. But here's where I just have to say, why? You know, why? What is the reason that you would chase after those things? Yeah. Um, And there are good reasons for those things. And then there are not so good reasons. And it's the not so good reasons, whether it's I'm trying to keep up or because, you know, my parents told me that I wasn't going to add up to anything when I was little and I'm trying to prove them wrong. You Mm -hmm. know, those types of things. Those can really run us into the ground. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I get the tension. And I think that when we practice living in that tension with a balance of, real rest and real hard work on things that we know are going to add up. Whether that's um, raising children is one of the highest callings I think a lot of people can have. They they minimize it a lot, but um, that's definitely my focus. Or it's writing a book or it's caring for a sick parent or whatever it may be. It's it's unique for each of us, but Mm -hmm. um, those things are worth pursuing. No matter what anybody says. And then you got to rest. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I think it's also so like, so life-giving when you are following what the Lord has set out for you in, you know, work hard, rest hard, like, you know, work hard, play hard, like that, that, I guess, structure that He gave to us as a gift. And when you're pressing in, at least this is like my two cents from just my experience in like, 
you know, being a multi-passionate woman with multiple businesses or ideas or things going at one time, pressing into the Lord will give you the clarity of when you start to overstep that boundary. Like that Holy Spirit alarm goes off in your your body and your mind or just in the relationships that you've cultivated around you of like, oh, that's, I've stepped too far into the hustling, like hustle too hard mode or mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm holding back because I'm afraid or, you know, whatever. Like you have almost like a a guide with, I mean, you do have a guide, almost like a guide. The Holy Spirit is our guide. <laughs> you have a guide I like it. with no, I you <laughs> in, in this kind of that balance and trying to juggle those two pitfalls on either side of the road. And um, just in my own experience, and I know Lindsay's as well, like that's just been one of the biggest ways that we've kind of balanced not falling off. I mean, and you do fall mm-hmm. off. You will fall into yeah. those little pits and then you have to crawl back out and be like, oh, that was gnarly right. down there. I don't want to go back, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's just something I wanted to add in there too of something that I'm still obviously learning in. But man, the Holy Spirit just really helps keep you on that road more often than falling off. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah, I agree. It's... You, like you said, you have to have the expectation that you're going to get unbalanced. Mm-hmm. You are, but the more you build up the resiliency to know how to get yourself back to uh, remembering what really lasts in life. Yeah. And I've heard it called going at the pace of grace. And mm, forgive that. me, I don't remember who said that, but um, but I love that that idea is that, and it's so countercultural. It's like the opposite of what we think we should be doing. But, Mm -hmm. and again, I'm preaching to myself because I certainly don't do this perfectly all the time, is you have to go slow enough to, like you said, be able to recognize when you're off off course. Mm -hmm. You have to go slow enough to be able to recognize when your motivation is wrong. Yeah. And we just need to just come back to reality. You know, I think most of the time we're not living in reality. And when we do feel grounded, when we feel like we are super present to what's happening, then we're able to listen and then we're able to react accordingly. Yeah. And I think it's so hard when you're comparing yourself to other entrepreneurs or other business owners or even other women just out there and and you're mm-hmm. looking at them and you're like, oh, like the focus well, isn't that. Yeah, the focus yeah. is on everything that's external versus everything yes. that's internal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is one of the reasons I don't use Instagram. I'm sure people say that's controversial, whatever, but yeah. I don't. I probably get on it like once a month now. And that is purely for me and to each his own or her own. Yeah. That's purely for me to protect my heart because I know in this particular season that I'm in with motherhood and life and just kind of being at this midlife point, I really want to be listening in to what God has to say, not to what anybody else has to say. And whether that means, you know, whatever system you want to use for how you ingest information is great. But for me, that really has been helpful is just to turn the noise down. Do you struggle with knowing what the heck to post on Instagram? If you find yourself staring at your phone with a blank page and a blinking cursor, feeling completely worthless because nothing is coming to your brain. It's like, you know you need to post consistently, but honestly, the biggest freaking thing stopping you from showing up daily and serving your audience are those dang captions. Like, what do you even say? You are tired of trying to come up with them day after day. I mean, let's be real. That is exhausting. If not knowing what to write in your captions is the bane of your existence, then we've created something that's going to come in honestly like Superman and save your dang day. (laughs) Are you ready for it? Hint, I don't think you are. Introducing our Caption Playbook, a monthly subscription plan that delivers 20 custom pre-written caption templates into your hands every single month. That's enough captions for you to post every day of the week each month. 
Look, we've done the hard part for you, so you don't have to struggle anymore. Just grab a template, tweak to your own business and personality, and post away. It's seriously that simple. No more waiting to post until inspiration strikes. Inspiration is coming to you, my friend. Sign up for the caption playbook to crush your caption game. Just head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash caption dash playbook and say goodbye to your caption woes forever. I think that's actually really encouraging to hear, especially for a lot of listeners and even myself. Like you can have a successful business and like not be on Instagram all day, every day. Because I think we've almost built up in this culture to think that like, oh, you have to have a platform or you have to be omnipresent, you have to story and and do all these things every day. And it's like, you don't have to. Like there's other ways to grow a business. So that's really encouraging to hear. Yeah, and it totally depends on, you know, the season that you're in. And maybe in another season, the Lord will tell me, hey, I need you to go be active there. I need you to to go and and put some words out on there for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, not social media is not bad. It's it's a wonderful, amazing tool when used well. But it's also built for us to compare each other. Yeah. To each other. Um, So yeah, I won't go down that train on that conversation. But... (laughs) That's a whole other rabbit trail. Sure you take a little break from it and just remember the reality in front of you. That's all. Yes. <laughs> okay. So you love gardening, Laura, and it is obviously one of your passions, as is goal setting. So I'm really curious, and I would love to hear from you. Have you found that the two of those have more in common than the average person might think? Most definitely. And I think you know, anyone listening, you probably already know this too. You've heard it even in our conversation today, which is good things grow little by little. They don't happen overnight. I Sometimes yeah. I feel like my kids grow overnight, but yeah. you know, like, oh my gosh, are you really eating more? Like you're growing so fast. I got to <laughs> order groceries just again. Fit you. <laughs> just fed you breakfast. We're on eight breakfast and it's not even 10 o'clock. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, so very many things. You know, and that's one of the most wonderful things about just stepping outside, whether you are living in New York City and, you know, you're just stepping outside to see a tree somewhere or, (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, you guys are in Ventura, there's so many beautiful farms around, or you have a garden or a potted plant by your windowsill. Take notice. Uh, It is amazing to see all of the lessons that we can learn from plants. I think a couple that come to mind um, specific to what we've been talking about is one is pruning. Mm. So I have a peach tree. It's a little tiny dwarf Alberta peach tree. And uh, I remember one year, this was about four years ago, there were so many little baby peaches on there. Like so many that the branches were touching the ground almost. I mean, they were like half an inch away from the ground. I was like, this is probably not right. (laughs) So I, um, I mean, they were going to break and I actually had one that did break. And so I took my giant clippers and I did this painful process of clipping off these massive branches full of fruit and the fruit wasn't ripe yet, you know, but still it was just, it's like cutting off potential, cutting off things that could grow into something. And you're probably catching the obvious metaphors here. I mean, that is so like our lives, like business, uh, like being present in motherhood too, is there sometimes when you have to prune things and Mm -hmm. say no to things in order for even better things to grow. And what's beautiful about that story is that that year we had over a hundred peaches and they were the most delicious I've ever had. Wow. And so we had this amazing, delicious, fruitful harvest, but I can imagine that if I hadn't pruned the tree, just like I've had happen in a lot of things in my garden, I let them go and they're kind of tasteless. 
you yeah. know? And, and that's just like us. We can spread ourselves so thin. And, you know, like both of you have mentioned, that term being multi-passionate can have a con- connotation of being spread thin. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's true at the heart of it. You know, and I, I know that's what you guys are here to teach us about too all the time is, is really that those things are the things that you're choosing to intentionally pour good nutrients into. Mm-hmm. Not all the things, but just a few things that come from your heart, come from your soul. So yeah, my garden teaches me all kinds of things. And it just teaches me too that I I have a lot of weeds in the garden right now, but I don't have to have a weed-free garden to have a yeah. garden, you know? Oh, that's good. Oh. That just was some, that was a word. It's, it's still going to grow. There's still yeah. going to be weeds all the time. And, uh, you know, things are still going to grow. It doesn't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I love just how that parallels to goal setting in the sense of when you get clarity to focus on yes. what matters in this season right now, you yeah. prune everything else that is weighing it down and that mm-hmm. doesn't need to be there. It's distracting. And then mm-hmm. you have, what did you say, like 100 peaches? Like it just yeah. it produces fruit in that season when you actually get clarity mm-hmm. and set those goals, which kind of perfectly leads me into the next question. but. Your business, like you as a person and as a company, you've created so many products to help people cultivate what matters, like especially within goal setting. Could you share a little bit more about why and, and like why was that the niche that you chose and and how did you choose that, I guess? <laughs> I'm laughing because my honest answer is because I am lazy at the heart. And <laughs> um, I mean, truly, I remember a season of my life when I was, I was a personal trainer at the time. And I was just really struggling with this laziness quality about myself. And um, I think we can all have some of that, whether it is born out of fear, we don't want to move forward because what if we fail or what if we succeed or we hesitate to take action on something that matters to us because we just don't know how, or it just feels so big. You know, doesn't that happen so often? It just feels so big that we don't even know where to start. Yeah. Um, or we don't know how to break a goal down. Uh, or it just feels like we're going to have to make perfect progress in order to to get somewhere. And so I really, we created what's now called the Power Sheets Intentional Goal Planner I needed it for myself. I sat down one day at my desk. I was just a, a new mom. Uh, my marriage was, you know, just kind of getting off the ground. Husband's back from deployment. And um, and I sat down and I was like, I have so many things to tend to right now. I have, this was a while ago. So this is like back really before Instagram. I have my Facebook page. I've got my Twitter account, the Twitter, and I have, you know, my my motherhood, I have my marriage, I have making sure there's food in our refrigerator. I mean, I've wrote down everything. And I started to um, stack those things in priority order. And I realized like a light bulb went off for me. It sounds so silly to say out loud now, but I realized that I could have made progress on those things that I felt so bad about not making progress on if I just would have tended to them little by little over time. Like Mm. at the time, my Facebook page, I just didn't touch it. If I just would have touched it once a month, would that have added up? Yes, the answer is yes. And that's true for anything in our lives is we don't have to do something every single day of our lives in order to really make a dent in it. So I took that concept and built out a series of worksheets that would help me to really understand what does matter, where should my main focus be, and what things should I do like once a month, what things should I do once a week, and what are the best things to cultivate as habits. And that's really the process that we use today is to first uncover what matters, 
make an action plan and then do something about it. And and really all of our other products are there to support people's various unique goals, whether that's faith, whether that's intentional living, whether it's like you've got a really big goal you need to tackle or a project. And we we really make products that we need, <laughs> that we get excited about. <laughs> I feel like that's always the case or often the case yeah. where it's like often we create something out of ourselves needing it and we want to provide it. We, we initially end up creating often for ourselves and then we're like, wow, other people need this too. Yeah. Let me provide, you know, like yes. let, let me solve this problem for them because man, I know that pain. Like I, I just love that because we're <laughs> yes. often like, you know, it's still creating this product. Like I'm sure you, Laura, you're sitting there and you're probably just like, okay, I still, you know, I'm still figuring out, like I'm yeah. still figuring out what matters. And, and, you know, every season shifts and it's like a new chapter that you have to figure it out and start all over again in a way. And I, there's just always growth, but it's really fun when it's something that you're like, I'm figuring this out on my own and I'm bringing other people along on mm. the journey and the, the miles that I've come as well. Yeah. I like the way you said that first part too. I think you bring up a good point that I, I was under the false impression many years ago that you had to do an exploratory process like that, like once in your life, and then you're done. It's like you set your <laughs> dreams and your goals for your life, and then you're done. But then I was like, oh man, but my life keeps changing. Yeah. And I'm I like, I have this like season where I'm not able to do anything. And I don't know if I really like that goal anymore. You know, all these yeah. questions came to mind. So to me, that's the the thing that I have loved most in the last 10 years now. It's actually, we're coming up on 10 years of power sheets. And for wow. me personally, using that process, uh, yeah. it's, I'm reevaluating my goals every month and every 90 days I'm refreshing them. And it just kind of yeah. follows more of the natural rhythm of our lives and the way we think. Yeah. This conversation is coming at such an interesting time because we just got <laughs> done with our heart yes. executive retreat where we were literally were having to do like 10 year, three year, one year goal and breaking down the one year goal into like 90 day goals. So it's yeah. like, yes. it's, we literally just did this yeah. at least for our company, not necessarily personally, but yeah. like, it just, it's so true that like, in order to get even to the one-year goal, to get to the three-year goal, to get to the 10-year goal, you need to break it down Mm -hmm. into nine-day goals. And then that obviously goes down into like weekly goals. Like what am I moving towards every day to move the needle slowly in my life? And it doesn't even have to be business. It can just be goals in life or business or or any aspect of that. Yeah, that's good. But- I just, I love that this conversation is coming like right after we did that. <laughs> you know, I told Lindsay when we were, you know, looking through the questions um, yesterday, kind of prepping for this interview. And I was like, man, I feel like this is probably going to be like a little therapy session. Just, <laughs> just because I feel like so many entrepreneurs, but I, my hand is like high up in the air, struggle with everything feels important. And mm-hmm. everything all at once matters. And it was super like eye-opening and healthy and, and beautiful in the past couple of weeks over like our executive retreat. We had really good conversations between Lynn's and I. And then we had a really good conversation with our good friend, Jordan. And she was able to kind of come in as like an outside. It was just a friend chat. We were actually asking her about something totally different. And, and then she, it was a therapy session. And then it was a full-on therapy session. <laughs> and, and she just came in and like spoke to the season of life that, you know, I both of us are in, but I'm especially in the season of like, I'm not married yet. I don't have kids yet. And so I've been in the mindset of like, this is my season to hustle. This is when I need to go. This is when I need to launch all these companies and and take action on all these ideas that I have. And then when I start having kids, that's when I'm going to slow down. And she just spoke beautifully to that season and gave me like such a heart, like chat on it. And she was like, you know, 
if you're trying to work towards that, you can't just fill your plate to overflowing right mm-hmm. now. Like mm-hmm. you, you need, it was just beautiful. So it was like, you can still start a business when you're 40. Yep. Like definitely. Yeah. you don't have to definitely. do everything and then kids end the picture. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is true. I feel like things for me and it's not, you know, a formula, but my business really kind of took off, not because of my children, but during that season of yeah. when it was hardest to yep. do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's so good. But I think yeah. like so many entrepreneurs are probably listening to this and I, I have a feeling a lot of women probably think similar to me who have clicked on this episode and are listening to this and are probably thinking everything feels like it matters though. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, do you want to like sure. kind of touch on that a little bit when it feels like everything is important and everything mm-hmm. should be prioritized? Yeah, I totally know that feeling well. And I think there are certain seasons of life, like you've mentioned, where that can feel more acute. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have something that either, like you said, you're in that season right now of that temptation to hustle hard just because you can, you know, I'm using air quotes right now. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it's, it's, it's such a a silly, you know, misnomer to even say that, Uh, you know, there's so many different unique situations in life, but, uh, or it's a season where, you know, you're caring for a parent that really needs help or a friend, or maybe it's a season of transition and you're getting out of college and you're starting a whole new life, or you're starting in the journey of motherhood, or you've got, you know, kids under tow. Um, there are those seasons, especially, I think we always feel this, but there are those seasons, especially where everything feels urgent mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I can't not wash the laundry. <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I, mean? I mean, I could, that'd be really gross, but, um, <laughs> I can't not answer my emails, uh, and all my AP style friends forgive my double negatives there, but <laughs> you know, there are these seasons where you feel like I, I don't have a choice. And I will say this, that you know what? There's a little bit of grace we can have for that. There are some times when it's going to be totally okay for everything to fall apart. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I think back to times in many times, I could list you a thousand times when things have fallen apart for me and things just didn't get done and life felt like and was a mess mm-hmm. and it didn't last forever. So yeah. that. It doesn't last forever. Mm -hmm. This too shall pass. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would always come back to also, no matter what season you're in, that question of of what really matters in the big picture. Do I have to do it today? Uh, Mm -hmm. Could it actually be better to do it next week? Could it be better next year or two years from now? You know, and I think also to take some of the pressure off, like you guys mentioned, when you're doing this big picture planning of whether it's for business or for life, looking at 10 years and five years and three years, oh, it's so hard. Like (laughs) I own a goal setting company and that is really hard for me. (laughs) And I think there's a reason is because we know deep in our hearts that there are the unchanging truths that we Mm. hold fast to in our lives. Like for me, like my faith is that, like that's never going to change. That will always be the direction I'm heading in. But how that plays out is something I have no clue about. I can take steps toward a specific outcome in a shorter term, but I think that's why I often like to say 10 years is more of a target. It's not a goal. Unless Mm -hmm. it's you're getting your doctorate or something and you know that that's going to be your goal. But it takes the pressure off a little bit too for everything to feel urgent. Because really, all you can do is focus on the day in front of you and maybe the 90 days in front of you. Mm. I love that. And just the permission to have goals right. change. Yeah. Even, even our previous executive retreat to this one, 
Yeah. We had 10-year goals that like weren't matching up and they felt now it felt like, wait, what? What are we doing? What are we still heading to this direction? And like yeah, it changes. I like I like that you gave permission that yeah. it, it can change and it can mold with who you are and where your journey's going and what God's doing in your life or your business or or whatever. And I, I just I love that permission and reminder that it can change and it should change probably. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for us in our company, we call it our 10-year vision. Yeah. It's a vision. It's not a there are specific targets we have, but they're they're moving targets. You know, they change every we <laughs> yeah. come and we literally reevaluate. We call it our vision traction organizer. We use a system called traction. <laughs> okay, wait. Shut the front door. Okay. <laughs> do you just do this too? Nice. We, literally, that's lit- we nice. went through traction and all the worksheets yes. on our executive retreat. Yeah. I'm literally it. laughing so hard. <laughs> That is awesome. Well, you guys are in good hands. <laughs> That's amazing. We just looked at each other like we are eyes, what? eyes open, jaws on the floor. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it is a great system. And I think yes. whether you have a business or not, the system really does focus on um, getting specific and yes. um, minimal in your words with where you want to head in the big picture, wow. like giving yourself a direction. And then breaking it down to get super specific to, mm-hmm. you know, they call them rocks uh, and we have rocks for every quarter. It's really the things that you are solely focused on for a 90-day period. But yeah. I mean, that's really the process we use in, in life and in our power sheets process as well. Okay, Laura, you mentioned earlier your power sheets where you walk through people through a three-step process. Could you, like, just to end out the episode, get a little nitty-gritty here and just talk to our listeners about how they can start implementing their old goal, their own goal setting through that three-step process. Yes. So even if it's just taking a scrap piece of paper right now, I think the most important thing is to step away. Uh, Mm -hmm. Step away from your normal. Don't sit at your desk or at your kitchen counter where you always sit. If you can, just even walk outside on your front steps or wherever you are um, and grab a piece of paper and write down all the things that are worries, fears, and stresses on your mind. And I know like that sounds like a hard first step, but there's a reason for it. Uh, mm. The reason is, is that I think a lot of times we start a either a goal setting process or just kind of a life evaluation process. And we have a lot on our minds that just needs to go somewhere else. So yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, I would definitely start there. And then I think the other, you know, key part of our process, and I'm just giving you little bits and pieces here, but a big key part of that process is to make a list of the things that you want to say yes to and the things you want to say no to in Mm, order to live out what matters. Obviously within this is asking that question too. Ask yourself, where do you want to be when you're, you know, 80 or 90 or 100 years old? And if that's hard for you to envision, like we've talked about, if it's hard for you to look even 10 years ahead, ask yourself the opposite. Where do I not want to be? <laughs> What's yeah. not going to be important to me? Or where am I going to be grateful that I I didn't spend my time? Yeah. And then, you know, our, our process is, is pretty thorough. It's a, a very in-depth process of discovery to uncover the things that matter and go through, uh, you know, many more questions than I shared here. But the next step is to uh, make an action plan and break those goals down. Uh, and, you know, you guys have, have shared so beautifully from your own experience too that um, start with just this season. Mm-hmm. Start with just what is realistic within the bounds of, you know, your circumstances in life, the amount of energy you have, your emotional capacity, your physical capacity. What is super realistic? What would be life-giving for you for just 
these next 90 days to focus on. Mm-hmm. And then you got to break things down to tiny, like the smallest little steps, like so small that you feel like, why would I even write that down? That seems yeah. so small. It's so elementary, but that's the point. When yeah. you get down to that level, you really have no choice but to act on it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then really the last encouragement I give is that it's okay to grow slow. <laughs> you know, mm. I feel like that's been a running theme in all that we've talked about today, but it is, it's okay to grow slow. Um, in fact, it's really good to grow yeah. slow. The small steps forward you take will add up. And, mm-hmm. you know, to give you an illustration of how that really plays out in life, you know, a lot of us have goals for wellness. And mm-hmm. maybe your goal is just to move your body every day in whatever way you can. Um, say you were to only take action on that 100 days out of the year, out of 365 days. So there's 265 other days that you didn't make progress on that. And then the question I always ask myself and others is, would that add up 100 mm-hmm. days out of the year? I mean, like, duh, right? The answer is yes, of course, it's going to add up. Yeah. But so often, don't we jump ship at the first sign of imperfection? Yeah. We think, uh-huh. oh, I missed a week. Yeah. Or, oh, I totally, you know, skipped a few steps here. It's okay. Get mm-hmm. back up. It adds up over time. Mm, oh. I love that. Gosh, dang, this is so good. Um, I, I'm like, I, we could let's just keep going another few hours. We're good. Yeah, I love that. You guys are easy to talk to. Same. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, I would love to kind of wrap up this interview as much as I freaking want to continue for another few hours. Um, with the final question that we love to ask pretty much every guest on the podcast because the different answers are just so powerful and so beautiful. Um, so, Laura, what do you feel has been the biggest lesson that you've learned in business? And I know that's a doozy. So if you need a sec, you can take it. Oh man, that is a good one. Um, My first thought that came to mind is that I am not in charge. It is not Mm. mine. Um, And I could tell you in a million ways the reason I know that, but uh, every day I'm reminded that I am not in control. This is 100% mm-hmm. God's business. And when I lose sight of that is when things go awry. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing I've learned is that I don't have to make it happen. I have yeah. to just do my part to steward well what God's entrusted to me and the people He's entrusted to me and um, the attention span of you know our readers and our customers that He has graciously entrusted to us. Mm. And that carries with it a lot of responsibility and calls me higher to make sure I do it with excellence. Um, And at the same time, I'm so grateful that I'm not in charge because it also means that I don't have to be perfect and that I get to Mm -hmm. rely on God um, for His goodness, His grace, and His wisdom. Um, I always say that the Bible truly is the very best business book out there. Um, Mm -hmm. Amen. And uh, yeah, so I think (laughs) I'm not the boss is my, my biggest lesson. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, and also the irony, don't you have a book called Make It Happen? I do. Yeah. It's totally about how it's about that very thing. So <laughs> and when you said that, I was like, oh, I remember reading that. But I love that you said like, yeah, I, I wrote a book like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that you said like, I don't make it happen. God makes it happen, yeah. which is so true. Yeah, It's just submitting yourself to the Lord as like CEO in mm-hmm. ultimate of your business. Yeah, uh, it's absolutely. So good. It's a big relief. Yeah. Oh, so good. Oh, Laura, you are incredible. This has been 
so freaking refreshing and inspiring and encouraging to just chat with you. And I know our listeners are probably feeling the exact same thing. So where can those people who are now like, I am obsessed, give me more, um, find you, learn from you, uh, go through purchasing like your power sheets or any of your books or anything like that. Just shameless plug yourself right now. (laughs) (laughs) You are so generous. And thank you also, both of you, for allowing me to come and share. I always feel encouraged when I get the opportunity to share what God's done in our story, our business. And so really the gift is all mine. Thank you. I'm Mm. so generous. Um, And yes, you can find us at cultivatewhatmatters.com. Simple and easy. There we go. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much, Laura, for taking time to talk with us today. I know you just blessed our listeners so much. I can't wait for people to hear this conversation. And ah, your your lives changed. Yes. You guys are amazing. I am so grateful. Thank you so much.